Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today, because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold, but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... What? Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What they discovered upon their arrival was almost unspeakable. The dead won't bother you. It's the living you gotta worry about. Something if I couldn't keep them there with me whole, I at least I felt that I could keep uh, their skeletons. Hello and welcome to the Bad Taste Crime Podcast. I'm Vicky. And I'm Satan. No, Janelle. <laughs> I'm Janelle. We Just are kidding. all Satan. <laughs> Satan is real. <laughs> um, welcome to our show. If this is the first time listening, a special hello to you. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. Going with an old classic. I feel like we've been doing hits. that a lot lately. <laughs> I know. Listen. <laughs> Sometimes look and listen, <laughs> look and listen. I mean, I know what I like. Yeah. You know, we definitely have a niche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, but first, let's head over to the newsroom. This week, our news comes from Enola, Pennsylvania, where a guy's been charged with buying human remains online, buying and selling, um, essentially okay. abuse of a corpse, and some other things. But twenty-first um, century grave robbing. <laughs> it's so it's a little weird because his so his name is Jeremy Polly. He's forty years old. Um, they started looking at him in like June of 2022. So June of this year. Okay. And he, okay. <laughs> when you pause, it's never good. I know. <laughs> so this is from ABC 16 news. He has this Facebook page where he says he's the owner curator of the grand Wunderkammer and the executive director and curator of the Memento Mori museum. Wunderkammer. That sounds a little, um, Aryan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he lists stuff for sale on Facebook, a lot of bones, a lot of marketplace or like the actual sales part. of. I don't know. (laughs) Um, That would be awful on Facebook marketplace. Famer for sale. So they started looking into him and he had told police that he was currently in possession of three full human skeletons and approximately 15 to 20 human skulls, um, for the initial complaint. And talks about being this, like, collector of oddities. And Mm -hmm. there is... 
I actually, I don't think as a, like just like a regular citizen, you can own human. No, remains, you have right? to. Like I mean, bones and it stuff. depends on if the corpse, <laughs> how old the corpse is. So like there are skeletons in university science departments that are very fucking old. And those are okay because they're part of a certain like antiquities law or whatever. Okay. Um, but if it's after a certain year, you can't have it. They'll take it away. And the antiquities ones, I'm pretty sure you need a license for. Okay. Okay. He did not. If I'm recalling correctly. That I'm was calling my bone lore yeah. correctly. <laughs> okay. So then they got another tip. Please get another tip. Oh, Jesus. About more remains. He said, the caller said that they found buckets of human skin and human organs, which is like kind of different. So harvesting. Kind of yeah. Uh-huh. So <laughs> they got a search warrant, um, went to the house. They collected three to five buckets. Um, <laughs> Home Depot buckets are like. <laughs> According to investigators, a forensic examiner later determined the buckets contained, get ready for this, oh, geez. Okay. two human brains, six pieces of human skin and human fat, a human heart, a human kidney, skull with hair, human livers, human trachea, a human child's mandible with teeth, and human lungs. Oh, no. Um, they looked into it a little further and found out that... He was purchasing remains from a woman in Arkansas that they later identified as Candace Scott and then found out that he had spent about $4,000 buying stuff from her, including half a human head, a whole human head minus the skull cap. What half of the human head? Three, three human, the top half or the bottom? Or, or like down the middle. the middle. Yeah. Like, who knows? Um, three human brains with skull caps, a human heart, human liver, human lung, human kidneys, human female pelvis, a piece of human torso, including a nipple. Just one. And That's all you need. four human hands. They were thinking that they were being sent to Polly via USPS, and they intercepted them in Scranton. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Huh. Uh-huh. They now are suspecting the woman who was selling them that she was stealing them from a mortuary and then sending I sure them out to so. be resold. I hope and she wasn't slaying people for the <laughs> The remains were determined later to belong to the University of Arkansas. Ahaha. Okay, so people so, have donated their bodies to science. Yeah, so this is all I uh, mean, they do just in, I mean, they're supposed to incinerate them. After they're done with them. So that's probably why there's so many weird parts. Yeah. Because if you need to dissect just right. a part, you know, I don't need the whole head. Maybe it's just the bottom half because they needed the brain. Mm-hmm. They, and you got to learn the about the brain because you just needed the skull. You got to learn about all the parts. Yep. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they this is an ongoing investigation. I will say um, Polly's currently out on, he posted a $50,000 bail and a preliminary hearing scheduled for September 14th. So, like, this is still underway. He's been charged with uh, abuse of a corpse and felony count of receiving stolen property, misdemeanor count of receiving stolen property, felony count of dealing in proceeds of unlawful activities. So, yeah. But those are all still pending. Yes. Also, <laughs> um, before we move on from our news, Whoa. shout out to a friend of the show, Alec, who messaged me about the... Alcohol monitors, ankle monitors. So long ago. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. yeah. He said that they use sweat to detect (laughs) and it takes a super duper teeny tiny amount of alcohol to be in your sweat in order for those things to detect it. I was like, 
really? He goes, yeah, because I always just kind of assumed you had to be like skunk drunk. No. To, no. You know, like when you, <laughs> when you can like your sweat literally smells like booze. Mm-hmm. I used to work with people at Best Buy that would come in reeking. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've been around enough alcoholics to know one or two beers will make it um, very evident that you've been drinking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So anyway, thank you for that and for confirming our suspicions. Um, Moving on. Still don't think it's right, but all right. (laughs) Moving on to Netflix and Kill. Yes. What do you have for me, Vicky? You, you so are much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, you're not going to expect this one. Okay, I good. Think. I was like, it's not the one I was talking about last time. <laughs> no, I haven't gotten that far yet. Yeah. Because I kind of fell into this. Um, oh, boy. Okay. So I was watching 60 Days In. Have okay. you watched 60 Days In? No. It is, cut to me, it's kind of hilarious. So I, I watched this on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, they only have, from what I could tell, season six on Netflix, but apparently it's on Hulu. It's like an A&E show mm-hmm. where they take people and they put them in a jail for 60 days to try to like figure out what all the problems are at these really terrible yeah. jails. Bo tried to start watching that. I was like, that's going to be a hard pass for me. <laughs> I, I know what I know what the problems in jails are. Don't they worry. exist. I watched it, so you don't have to. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay, so first of all, this Break it down. all turns out exactly how you would expect. One, yes. the season that I watched, they dropped them in this really terrible Arkansas jail where, like, the sheriff that just took over, like, that won in the most recent election beat out the guy who was literally like skimming off the top of inmates um, like bank accounts from like mm-hmm. unused money and like went out to the public and was like, there is no law that says what I'm doing is wrong. And yeah, like this. I kind mean, of- the law that says you can't steal does. <laughs> <laughs> so he so he won found out they hadn't had a shakedown in three years there were doors with like no locks and shit on them and yeah anyway, that sounds like arkansas it's <laughs> really bad so they send these people in that they think are gonna do well and it's like uh three or four guys three or four girls mm-hmm. one uh, one of them's like a correctional officer one of them is like a marine one of them is a social worker one of them is like a little a poli sci major no way those guys who are a corrections officer and a marine are not going to cop their way all the way through that okay so the fucking ceo he didn't even make it through intake he was the first one out he's like i can't do that the way that they just carry themselves is going to be a tell and like they're one of the women was a police officer and one of them was a born-again christian that was like i'm going in to save all the people in jail Okay. Anyway, okay, so you see why I can totally get into uh-huh, this. Uh-huh. But you get the cop in there, and she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe things are this bad, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, where have you been, bitch? What did you, what did you expect? I don't know what you expected, because this is only the same thing that people have been saying this entire time. Yes, since the, I don't know, advent of fucking jails? Just saying. Anyway, if you need something that's like... To rage about slightly? It's like trash crime TV. TV. Oh, you know, yeah. sometimes I just watch trash TV. This is like trash crime. Okay. Right? You can just chuck it on. It's a good laugh because I don't know. There's something about people being faced with their own reality that's right? like really satisfying. Like, I don't know what you fucking expected, but this is the situation you find yourself <laughs> in. So what are you going to do about oh, it? Oh, God. Yeah. And then like a month later, they send all of these like head police officer people, head of the... um 
Unit? Like sheriffs oh, of yeah. the jails or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they send a bunch of them in for 30 days after they make all these changes. Mm-hmm. And um, gets uh, gets pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Still not good? Still, still better. Not great. Still a prison. Still a prison. <laughs> still lots of drugs. Lots of shanks. Wow. Lots of... You're never going to get that taken away ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's 60 days in. It, like I said, trash TV, but... Yeah. Good for good for a watch, I think. You should give it a chance, Janelle. <sighs> <laughs> it's okay. I've just been watching um, Active Shooter this week and just making myself cry every day, so that's fine. Oh, God, no. If you want gut-wrenching fucking just make yourself upset for the rest of your fucking life, watch Active Shooter. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's that's what I want. Yep. It's like, you know what? I feel like crying a lot right now. Let's go watch this. <laughs> Okay, this is that part of the show where we say content may not be appropriate for all, for all listeners. This week, we are visiting an old classic. An old friend. An old friend. <laughs> it's like a warm blanket and mm-hmm. something I think about. I was going to say when this time of year rolls around, really, I'm in super fall mode. If nobody knew, I'm oh like Halloween shopping and like. Did you happen to see what I posted yesterday? No. <laughs> Every, everyone's so in fall mood that one of the women's marches is fall like the fall of the resistance or resistance fall anyway it was like a pumpkin spice version of a revolution march like poster and i was like i can't i love fall but we're gonna like make this a basic bitch fall march for our rights yeah (laughs) so i'm a little i'm a little peeved somebody on tiktok (laughs) is making these sweatshirts that say pumpkin spice and reproductive rights and i kind of want i kind of want one (laughs) this is why no one takes it seriously (laughs) listen yeah but that's how i feel ovaries are like gourds no (laughs) (laughs) right seeds of life Um, seeds in a gourd anyway so we're talking about fall (laughs) Because we are talking satanic crimes. Yes. Hail Satan. Satan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are taking a look at some satanic crimes. I was kind of anxious to talk about this one because this is a more recent story. It's not like very old school. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I don't personally remember this happening. This was from uh, London. So Okay. You, okay. you tell me if you remember this, but we are talking about the murders of Biba Henry and Nicole Smallman. Names aren't familiar, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> okay. So this story comes to us from London, where on an evening in June 2020, so like still pandemic time, full lockdown. Yeah. Um, sisters Biba Henry and Nicole Smallman have been celebrating a birthday with some friends in a London park. And they had chosen the park specifically because of like the lockdown measures. Mm-hmm. They Outside, were like six feet of distance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everybody bring yeah. a lawn chair. We'll measure circles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just stay in your little circle and stay everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not long after midnight, the rest of the group dispersed and the sisters decided to stay behind. They were like having a good time. Um, and wanted to continue to dance and have fun. And so they they decided to stay out there. However, this would be the last time that Henry and Smallman would be seen alive. When Henry, age 27, and Smallman, age 46, hadn't returned home by the following evening, their family reported them missing. So a bit of background on the two women. Henry was a 
senior social worker at Buckinghamshire Council, as well as being a mother. Uh, according to The Guardian, many people spoke highly of Henry, um, with Mark Shaw, who is Buckinghamshire Council's cabinet member for children's services, um, saying, quote, we are all deeply distressed. Beba was a well-respected, well-liked, and highly valued member of our social care team. And also that Beba was committed to caring for and supporting children and young people across Buckinghamshire. Smallman had graduated from the University of Westminster and was working as a freelance photographer at the time. Um, she too was described as just like a joy to be around um, and having a beautiful, kind, and infectious energy. Both were the daughters of Mina Smallman, who is the Church of England's first female archdeacon from a black and minority ethnic background. Okay. Okay. Which is an interesting kind of connection. And I think helpful later, kind of. But take note. Mm -hmm. Take note. Okay. So friends and family uh, just like immediately became worried. They decided to send out their own search parties uh, to the park where they were last seen. And it wasn't long before they found the glasses of one of the women, as well as the knife. It was just like found in the grass. Mm. Now, friends of the sisters, Adam Stone, called police to notify them of what they had found when, um, while he was still on the phone with the police, uh, Adam Stone discovered the bodies of Henry and Smallman. Now, this is the first spot where police are going to be heavily criticized for um, their reaction. It wasn't their year, you know. Or should we say <laughs> lack thereof uh-huh. to like these missing women? Mm-hmm. Um, there was like no effort made by the police in the first 36 hours of their disappearance. Like zero. They only sprang to like action after they were like, yo, we found all this evidence. And also we found their bodies. And police were like, well, I guess we should do something about this, shouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were... <laughs> older and it wasn't quite 24 hours right so well there's more oh we will boy. get it we will get into it later oh good yeah. <laughs> you are gonna be screaming by the end of this oh, one i no. think <laughs> I <don't wanna>. yeah <laughs> yep so investigation of the scene continued with police collecting dna evidence and cctv TV footage of the area and it would take almost a month for the DNA to come back. Pandemic um, times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which did turn up a hit that led authorities to Daniel, Danielle Hussein, who had also been seen on the CCTV footage. Mm-hmm. Um, they had actually like his dad had come up as a partial match to the DNA. Cause he had some like tickets and stuff okay. um, on record. And so they went and searched the house and it like, connected to Danielle mm-hmm. Hussein. So like I said, this allowed them to raid Hussein's home, finding everything that they would need really to solidify the case, the details of which would be laid out more clearly by the time it had moved to court. So most of the rest of my research is from like the sentencing remarks that were handed down by the Honorable Mrs. Justice Whipple of the Judiciary of England and Wales. I'm, I'm like hearing all these women in charge. Right. <laughs> you will until the end. Oh, Fuck. There's okay. one really kind of fucked up one. <sighs> Sweet. Um, yeah. <laughs> Police. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it just so happens the um, the commissioner, like the head, is a woman at okay. the time that all this is happening. 
She fucks up. She fucks up. (laughs) Okay. So on June 3rd, 2020, Hussein ordered several items from Amazon, including including a balaclava and two folding shovels. Didn't I even get a balaclava on Amazon? (laughs) You can get anything on Amazon. I mean, anything. I tried to get some materials for sculpture. Oh, it's a hard no. Thank <laughs> you, Amazon. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he ordered this stuff on Amazon, and then he went to Asda, where he purchased a knife block that contained a knife that was later found at the park. Hussein then returned to the same Asda later in the evening to purchase power tape. On June 5th, Hussein went to Morrison's, where he picked up his Amazon purchases and then traveled directly to Frayant County, Frayant Country Park, where Henry and Smallman had been attending the birthday party. What was the tape called? Power tape. Is that like electrical tape, but in England? <laughs> I have no idea. That was you know my thought. How they that call everything stupid names like rubbish bin instead of trash can. Trousers. Trolley. Instead of a fucking elevator. Trolley. <laughs> yeah. The lift. Yeah. Power tape. <laughs> Electrical tape? <laughs> Maybe, yes. Um, that was my thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so anyway. Hussein <laughs> had put all of the items into a backpack as well as donning latex gloves. Murder kits. What did we tell you? Before entering the park for real. <laughs> Photos found on a phone belonging to Smallman showed that at... Around 1.13 a.m., Smallman and Henry had been dancing together and, like, enjoying their time and taking pictures. But by 1.26 a.m., Henry's phone had been locked thanks to someone trying to, like, open it without the password. Uh, Autopsies showed that both women had died from stab wounds, with Henry likely dying first from eight stab wounds. There wasn't any evidence of defensive wounds, but... With Smallman, she likely died second. She had 40 stab wounds and incisions. There were numerous cuts and wounds to her right hand and left arm that indicated she had attempted to, like, fight off her attacker, but ultimately would succumb to her wounds. So she definitely tried to, like, protect her sister. Hussein himself was injured in the struggle, suffering numerous cuts to his own hand and leaving DNA behind on both bodies and the knife. He then dragged the bodies of Smallman and Henry into the bushes where he positioned the sisters in an embrace. Um, Okay. Yeah. Fucking weird. Stealing their phones, Hussein wandered around the park attempting to unlock them. And when he was unable to do so, he chucked them into a nearby pond. Around 4.10 a.m., Hussein returned to his parents' home with his jacket wrapped around his hands. Because they were all that's not suspicious. Oh, cut up. Uh, he did go to the hospital in like the days following the murders for okay. treatment for the cuts on his hands. He told hospital staff that he had been first that he had been attacked by a group of boys, mm-hmm. group of ruffians, ruffians, yes, <laughs> and second that he had been mugged. So just lied to hospital by staff. A group of small boys by a group of ruffians. Um. When police were like in the midst of their their investigation and before DNA evidence had been returned, Hussein went to his bank where he attempted to then dispute the transactions of like the Amazon order and all of the purchases of the stuff at Asda and at Morrison's. So like all of the murder kit stuff, which is clever, except they're he's probably on camera. Yeah. Getting those items. So. Yeah. Also, because they have a shitload of CCTV in England. Yeah. So, hello. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
the search of his parents' home produced probably was the most damning evidence other than the DNA. Mm -hmm. Obviously, DNA is like pretty damning. This is like number two. (laughs) During the raid, police found a note that spelled out a bargain between Hussein and King Lucifuge Rofokal, who is, okay, King Lucifuge Rofokale. Doesn't sound like Satan. Rofokale? Lucifuge Rofokale. Bless you. (laughs) So I did look this up because I was like, okay, where does these, you know, demon lore and... Demonology is difficult. It's... It's it's a lot. It's a lot. And essentially, the easiest thing that I could find to describe this thing mm-hmm. is the prime minister of hell, essentially. <laughs> yes. The manager of hell. <laughs> Can I speak the to the hell manager? to the manager of hell. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is what the note said. Okay. Agreement for the mighty king Lucifuge Rofakale. Perform a minimum of six sacrifices every six months for as long as I am free and physically capable. Sacrifice only women. Build a temple for you. Do everything that I have promised. That sounds like a dream board. (laughs) For me, win the Mega Millions Super Jackpot. To receive fruitful rewards in return for the future sacrifices I make to you, the rewards should consist of wealth and power. To never be suspected of any crimes by the police and also that the police will never know of any crimes that I have done and that I will do. Okay, Manifestation 101. Do not ask for things like the jackpot mega millions because you're never going to get it. It's too big. you got to go smaller. Find a lottery ticket on the ground. Win a little bit of money. Five dollars. Yeah, like you got to be smaller than that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gross. So, yeah, so he had sort of this like this list of the stuff that he needed to do and the stuff that would be returned to him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was found in his bedroom with his fingerprints on it. And if that wasn't enough, Hussein had signed his first name on the bottom in his own blood. And there's, I'm sorry. I'm just imagining it on like yellow legal paper. Just like, no, it was no regular notebook paper. I'm just imagining it being like, I just found like some a notebook. I'm just going to do this real quick. <laughs> Yeah, remind me. I'll show you a picture of it. I will show you a picture of it. Um, But on the bottom, it was like two signature lines. And there was one for Danielle and then one for King Rafokale. Sure, sure, sure. That's just blank because... He doesn't need to sign in blood. He signs with his spirit. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Excuse me for not not knowing. How did you not know how satanic... (laughs) contracts work. I'm sorry. This is too much. Uh, okay. So inside of the letter, police found three lottery tickets <laughs> and later uh, discovered that Hussein had spent 160 pounds on lottery tickets and bets in the 10 days before his arrest without winning anything. Contract didn't go through. So that should have been your first clue. Oh, but there was a second note. Oh, God. Uh, found that he had been writing to Demon Queen Byleth. Okay. 
I don't um, know where she lands on the hierarchy. You can't have two contracts with two separate demons, sir. Well, he did. That's why it didn't work. One king, one queen. <laughs> yeah, unless they're a pair, which they're probably not. <laughs> um, so in this note, he had offered his blood in exchange for a girl at his school falling in love with him. Oh, honey. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hussein was arrested and later pled not guilty on March 11th, 2021. He was facing two counts of murder as well as possession of a weapon in a public place, all of which he was found guilty of. Um, Now, it would later come to light that Hussein had been involved in an online forum run by EA Coding. Are you familiar with this guy? No. Okay. My first thought was EA Sports. (laughs) EA Sports. It's in the game. (laughs) That's immediately what came to my brain. I'm like, that's not right. It's in the occult. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. EA Coding. He's an occultist that encourages and provides instructions for Paxson murder. Um, On YouTube or Twitch? Well, (laughs) now nowhere because he has since been, it seems to me, banned from just about every platform. But he was on YouTube and Facebook. Mm. Were like the primary. So places. now he's on what's what's all the right wing ones? There's like I want to say Yeller, but that's not right. Well, and my <laughs> first thought right. was 4chan, but that's not no. it. That's not it anymore it either. Sounds like sounds like Yell, but it's not. But anyway, those ones starts with a P. Oh, there's a couple. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, probably on those though. Probably yeah. Probably parlor is what. Yeah, I'm that's of. parlor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of the other one. And I'm going to call it the Yeller social media, now the truth yeah. network or whatever the yeah. fuck it is. Yeller. It's Yeller. Yeller. <laughs> it's like the country version of Yelp. Yeller. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So he also, this EA coding guy has like caught charges for drugs and weapon offenses. There is like this whole rabbit hole worth of stuff like just in this little part that includes an American Satanist group called the temple of blood. Now let me spell that for you. T E M P E L O V B L O O D temple of blood. So metal writing. <laughs> right, yeah. Like a scratchy yeah. metal. Um, they are actually part of a larger British organization called order of nine angels that according to the BBC has material that, quote, advocates child murder and sexual violence with members appearing at the sites of dreadful crimes to celebrate what happened. Of course. I mean, it's England. They're all about the macabre. Yes. (laughs) But also, the texts have been pointed to as, quote, an influence on seven young men recently convicted of neo-Nazi offenses in a series of trials in the UK. I told you. (laughs) (laughs) The first time when you said, when you started talking about German stuff, when you jumped off, I was like, you just wait for the Nazis. There's always a hidden Nazi yeah. occultist. They love to co-opt shit. They love to co-opt like yeah. Norse mythology, paganism, all that stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No original thought those Nazis. They done did it again. <laughs> again from the BBC it was finally revealed at trial that quote Hussein had previously been referred by his school to the government's counter extremism program. Okay. Good first step. Um, it's called Prevent is the name of this program. Mm-hmm. In October 2017, age 15, he was referred to the de-radicalization scheme because of 
um, content that he had accessed on the school computers, including far-right material. Mm. Um, Hussein was released from the program in 2018, but did have follow-ups at six and 12 months later. So he had been referred into like... They got to keep doing that, though. Because one of the episodes I watched of Active Shooter, he was on a watch list. Like, Mm. one of the guys was on a watch list, too. And they stopped checking in on him after he turned 19. Yeah. It's like, now you got to keep it's doing good it. That they, it's good you that they have those it. programs. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that they have something. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're absolutely right. Because it's not, it's almost more dangerous as you get older because like, I don't you're, know. You have a little bit more autonomy. You don't have, you're not living with your parents. You know, you, you can buy the things for yourself. Yeah. Like, it's easier to get sucked into something yeah. mm-hmm. without other people constantly around you trying to like. Yeah. Yeah. Mental illness was also a factor considered at um, sentencing as Hussein had like informed officers that he had Asperger's when he was originally arrested. Um, but because he insisted on his innocence on his innocence and was just pleading not guilty um, and claimed that he was never at the scene, his defense team is not able to enter any medical evidence at the trial. So like if you were to enter this medical evidence, it would also mean admitting guilt in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but during sentencing, the judge judge had asked for an independent medical examination by forensic psychiatrist, Dr. Ian Cumming. Now, Dr. Cumming re- confirmed the diagnosis of autistic spectrum disorder while also noting that quote aspects of mental illness may be present, that there may be some for- form of personality disorder, Alternatively, there may be psychopathy, but he was unable to like conclusively diagnose any of those things. Yeah, I mean, like everybody's on the fucking spectrum, mm-hmm. so I don't really think, I mean, psychopathy would be it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Having Asperger's doesn't make you believe in Satanism and yeah, yeah. do blood contracts. But, <laughs> and they were looking at this more of not necessarily lessening his time, but like, they were taking into account that he would likely have a harder time in prison mm-hmm. due to like ASC or Asperger's or like yeah. any of these other things. So the other thing was he was 18 mm-hmm. at the time that all of these crimes committed. And so due to this and his ASD di- diagnosis, Hussein received a minimum of 35 years in prison because they weren't allowed to impose a life sentence. Yeah. Um, as well as 18 months in a young offenders institution for the weapons charge to be served concurrently. Which, like, if that was here in the United States, they'd be like, you're an adult. Bye. Yeah. 100%. Trying to rehabilitate them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's go back to, like, the police misconduct stuff for a second. because <laughs> Our forte. <laughs> yeah. Because this shit was absolutely horrible. To start. Out. <laughs> to start. Two police officers, PC Dennis Jaffer and PC Jamie Lewis, were fired and charged with misconduct after it was discovered they had taken selfies next to the murdered bodies of Biba Henry and Nicole Smallman. Why? So that they could share them in two different WhatsApp groups. First of all, fuck WhatsApp. <laughs> and they, when they shared them in the groups, they called them dead birds. Oh, my God. Okay, well, bird is like well, right, 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 for yeah. a woman, so yeah. it's like, but dead like, ladies. <laughs> yeah, like dead ladies. Yeah. Which just adds another twist to it. Oh, misogyny. Um, oh, just wait. Delicious. Love yeah. it. Fuck men. <laughs> now, following a criminal trial, 
Both officers pled guilty to misconduct in public office and were sentenced to two years and nine months in prison. The Independent Office for Police Conduct launched an investigation that aided in the prosecution of these two officers. During an impact statement read at the trial of the two officers, Mina Smallman, who is uh, the mother of the murdered daughters, um, said, quote, it made me think of the lynchings in the deep south of the USA where you would see smiling faces around a hanging dead body. Those yeah, fuck. <laughs> those police officers felt so safe, so untouchable that they felt they would take photographs with our murdered daughters. Those police officers dehumanized our children. Yes, a thousand fucking percent. Yeah. Yeah. I read that and was like, yep. yeah, that's fucking right. Who are you protecting? Yourself only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My two cents. Um, the IPOC also launched an investigation into the initial handling of like the first calls that came into the police about the sister's disappearance. Because like I said, there really was nothing done um, in the immediate hours. Yeah. Um, and many have claimed that if the victims weren't minorities, that the police would have acted sooner. Is this area more of a rural area? Uh, or like suburban? It's in, it's, it was a park in London. Like North okay, London? Like in, okay. Because like, in, I feel like racism and things like that are more prevalent in rural areas of England too, as mm-hmm. they are here. Yeah, yeah. The IPOC's investigation found that the missing persons log had been incorrectly closed, and so further inquiries into the matter were halted. Of course. This came 10 months after the death of Smallman and Henry, along with an apology from the IPOC <laughs> saying, quote, while we know uh, that... Very sadly, Nicola and Biba had been murdered in the early hours of Saturday, June 6, 2020, before they were reported missing. If we had responded better, we may have saved their friends and family immeasurable pain. I am very sorry that the level of service we provided fell short, end quote. But the agency avoided any suggestion that racial bias played a role in the incident at all. Oh, my God. You didn't fall short. You didn't do your job. You just did not do your job. It's not falling short. You didn't do it at all. Yeah. 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 Yep. Good job, Matt. Good Good job, Matt Police. (laughs) Since the investigations and trials concluded, Mina Smallman openly criticized the Met Police Force, including Police Commissioner Dame Cressida Dick, calling for her resignation over the handling of the investigation. In various statements, Smallman had uh, said that her daughter's case was a starting point for change and, quote, I know the Met know they're being watched. They're every move. We've drawn attention to that, end quote. Um, The murders of Biba Henry and Nicole Smallman were followed by another Met scandal that you may remember that included the handling of a vigil for Sarah Everard. I think I recall that. Who was, and if you don't remember, Sarah Everard, she had been abducted and murdered by a Met police officer. Mm -hmm. During the vigils, the Met arrested attendees claiming violations of COVID-19 restrictions. Mm -hmm. Because this, again, is like happening during lockdown. And they're outside. They're outside (laughs) at a vigil for a woman who was abducted and murdered by a police officer. Bad luck, like real bad. It luck. is, yeah, it is not a good look. If anything, like in the very least, not a good look. Mm-hmm. So, um, she maintained, uh, Dame 
Dame Cressida maintained that the Mets handling of the vigil was justified and the organization that had um, originally organized the vigil reclaimed the streets, filed a lawsuit against the Met and won with the high court ruling in March 2022 that their human rights of freedom of speech and assembly had been violated. Yeah. Which I was like, good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, There was another report from the IPOC released in February 2022 that alleged a culture of misogyny, racism, discrimination, bullying, and sexual harassment. Sounds about right. I mean, one of your police officers fucking abducted somebody and murdered them. No surprise there. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Although she had managed to... Even as I wrote this sentence, I was like, this surprises no one. Um, This police commissioner had managed to retain the confidence of PM Boris Johnson, which I thought... Of course, because he was an idiot. Sonoris Johnson is yeah. not like mm-hmm. <laughs> um, She resigned on February 10th, 2022. There was just some really interesting political stuff that happened. Like, mm-hmm. they were like, so Boris Johnson should not be able to choose the next police commissioner because he himself is under investigation yeah. for violating COVID-19 restrictions. So, mm-hmm. like, um, they did get a new police commissioner I want to say in April or May of this year. So, um, yeah, but that is the murders of Nicole and Biba. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So (laughs) for my case, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to this is pretty recent. Um, We're talking about a case from the 90s. That's not recent. Um, (laughs) I'm like, my heaven yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I am getting old where it's like, oh, yeah, that was 10 years ago. No, No. it was over 20 years ago. The 90s? The 90s. 30 years ago. Um, so we're going to go to the mid-90s, okay. uh, 1995 to be exact, California, to the small town of Arroyo. Um, it was the summer, and Elise Paler was going into her sophomore year of high school. The 15-year-old was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, kind of like indie-looking teenager, very, very classic 90s style. Like, sure. if you look at the pictures of her, she looks like she stepped out of, like, Fashion Bug or, like, the Delia's catalog. Oh, Fashion Bug. Oh, Delia. Oh, girl. Yeah, okay. I know. Like, I love seriously. Delia's. I love Delia's. <laughs> There's a picture of her in a flower dress with a beanie on and like a beaded necklace. And yeah. I'm like, Delia's catalog. <laughs> I was this person. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that tomboy chic kind of yes, girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I still have a shirt from Delia's in my closet that is like oh green with a black and white stripe, like screen printed tie on it that's like a loose fitting like necktie yeah like that kind of like punk that was thing. 2000d yes, yes. <laughs> the Still ties have that. the female tie <laughs> um but on july 22nd of 1995 elise paler was reported missing by her family 
So she had left the home and had not notified anyone where she was going. Very classic sneak out of the house. Um, And since it was the 90s, no cell phones and tracking. So they could only call the police and hope that she would just come back home or she would just sleeping over at someone's house, just wandered off with friends, you know. Right, right. Every TV special. Mm-hmm. By September, though, <laughs> they're like, yeah, she's missing. And wait, when uh, did she go missing? Or July. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, You know, the parents were still very, like, firm in the assumption that she was missing, and people were still kind of like, she might have just ran away. You know, very classic. Oh, my God. California, kind of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she ran away. Um, but newspapers were reporting her as missing now. And then they started putting up missing posters uh, around Arroyo. And eventually, Crime Stoppers got involved. And they were listed as the main contact in the articles. And every once in a while, they would get a, a call into Crime Stoppers saying that Elise had been cited. So there was still a little bit of kind of unknown question mark. Was she missing or did she run away? But by the beginning of 1996, in March, a shocking confession would change the course of the case. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. Royce Casey, a former metal kid who attended Arroyo High School, he was in the same school as Elise, decided to become a born-again Christian. Okay. And in the process of doing so, he confessed to his minister that he had been part of a crime. Oh, no. Not just any crime. A murder. And not just any murder, a satanic murder. Oh, no. And not just any satanic murder, but a full-on satanic cult ritual. This is... Okay. Um, This is exactly what I'm expecting to happen with someone you and I both know. I will not name on the podcast. We'll talk about it afterwards. Okay. But there is someone who immediately comes to mind that's like, this is what I picture for you. (laughs) Yeah. Tip will know who I'm talking about, too, actually. Oh, (laughs) boy. Okay, well then. Um, So, you know, this is the 90s. The the satanic panic wasn't, like, in full effect, really. But there was definitely a little bit of lingering effects happening. Um, And a lot of that was being expressed and critiqued in popular culture at the time, especially music and movies. Yeah. Which will play a really big part in the crime later. Of course. But if you think about all of the horror movies and the metal music and all that stuff that's coming out in the 90s, um, and then you think about things that happened in the late 90s, like Columbine and all that stuff, you know, there's touches of it coming back into play. Right, right. Now, Royce Casey was told by his minister that he needed to go to the police and identify the crime as, you know, and and, and who he killed and that he was part of it. Mm -hmm. And um, let them know that he had killed the missing girl, Elise Paler. On March 14th, after confessing to the police, Royce Casey led the police to Elise Paler's body in a eucalyptus grove not far from her home, like a block away. Whoa. Uh, dental records identified her positively, um, but she had actually been in a state of mummification due to the exposure of the elements in the eucalyptus grove. So, case closed. We're all done. I'm kidding. Yeah, I was, I'm thinking, man, this is a really short one, Janelle. Yeah, it's really, really short. It's like um, five minutes. <laughs> so, Casey stated that he did not act alone, and he had two other accomplices who were part of this ritualistic killing. His fellow classmates and friends, Jacob Delashmutt, 16, and Joseph Fiorella, 15. What last names? I know. And if you look at his face, it's very unfortunate all around. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So these three teenagers had been a part of the crime. And in his confession, Casey outlined everything in detail. So this is a, a quote from an article. 
Quote, he stated that the three of them had intended to commit this crime and singled out Paler as their victim. They had planned and attempted to abduct her several times before they finally came up with their plot. They lured Peeler out with a late night phone call asking her if she wanted to party with them and do some drugs, man. Of course. Peeler snuck out of her home and met the boys. He then stated after smoking some weed and seeing Elise beginning to relax, they jumped on her. Casey held her down while Della Schmutz strangled her with his belt. Then Fiorella stabbed her in the neck with a hunting knife. Oh my god. In all, she would be stabbed 12 times, and they each took turns stabbing her while she lay on the ground, praying and calling out for her mother. That is, like, the most heartbreaking part of the entire thing. Yeah. Is where he describes, like, he said a lot more detail, but I kind of just edited it a little bit because it was very sad to read. Yeah, Um, yeah. Elise Paler bled to death in the eucalyptus grove, and after she passed, the trio took turns assaulting her corpse. Oh, God. So Now, when Casey was asked why they did this, he told them that they needed to make a sacrifice to the devil so that their metal band hatred would be successful just like Slayer. First of all, that's a terrible metal band name. fucking mouthful. That's a terrible band name. (laughs) Hatred. I mean, they're all terrible band names. Too obvious. Yeah. (laughs) But, dudes, stop doing sacrifices to, like, for this trivial shit. If you've ever seen the movie Jennifer's Body. Yes. That is big. Megan Fox? Yes. Toe thumbs. This crime. (laughs) Definite toe thumbs. Megan Fox, toe thumbs. That's what I'm thinking. This crime is what that movie's based off of. Oh, really? So that sacrifice in the beginning. Oh, shit. Is directly related to that. So you remember when she starts begging for her life? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Poor toe thumbs. I know. Texting is so hard. Um, <laughs> but she's got Machine Gun Kelly now, right? I don't like him either. I don't, I don't remember either. who I was talking like to about every this. every chode in high school I've ever like, seen. You know, like the tall gangly. Oh, he, you know what? He did an interview on Willie Geist. My mom no. My mom listens to <laughs> Why? Um, I don't know. Weird combination. He's talking about his life and I'm just like, yeah, he's kind of a piece of trash. Oh, yeah. He's an absolute trash yeah. person. Yeah. Anyway, not that I've ever, you know, I've dated some fucking people like Listen, that. Listen, we all, you know we've all made mistakes. We all mistakes. have pasts and we've all made we've mistakes. We've all made mistakes. <laughs> but never that big of a mistake. Um, after the murder, uh, Casey began to distance himself more and more from the band and turn to religion. He told police that he had feared that he might be the next victim and that he needed to confess to the crimes to stop the killing. Wait, what, he was in the band or no? He was. And then he stopped being After the, band, the murder? After the murder. So and he started even, to talk to them less and less. Didn't and he, even stay to reap the benefits, huh? Right? That's probably Seems why like it didn't come waste. true. That's why hatred didn't get as big as Slayer, oh, y'all. Oh, God. <laughs> so Paler's parents were devastated and told investigators that the boys had actually been being really strange the past couple of weeks when they were around Elise, but they dismissed it. Because they figured it was them being too awkward around a girl, right? You know, the metalheads are not exactly knights in shining armor, <laughs> right? They're going to say their weird jokes and they're going to do the right ha-ha, hit you in the shoulder kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, they're awkward. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in reality, the boys had actually tried to kill her multiple times during these awkward exchanges. What? One time they tried to stab her before and almost did. Uh, so she, they had asked her to take a walk with them, and they were kind of goofing around. Two of them were in front of her. One of them was behind her. And the guy who was supposed to stab her behind, from behind chickened out, and so it never happened. Oh, my God. Um, and this actually happened a few times. They tried to kill her. She started to kind of, like, 
Suspect that they were trying to kill her? No, suspect that they were trying to, like, do something weird, but wasn't quite sure what, so she told her parents. Oh. Um, you know, in that situation, to me, as a girl who's young and you have three guys, I'd be like, this is getting a little gang rapey or, like, you know, yeah. they're going to assault me kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but they, like, cooled off and didn't do anything. Um, and so then they just were like, you want to go smoke some weed with us in the eucalyptus grove? And then killed her yeah so it wasn't until 1997 when the three were convicted and sentenced um there was a lot of issues because there were some other things going on at the same time that we'll touch on in a minute okay joseph fiorella 16 received 26 years to life for first degree murder as a part of a plea bargain with county prosecutors royce casey the confessor and jacob delishmutt stood trial as adults for their roles in the killing and were charged with first-degree murder with special circumstances of torture and rape. I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way yeah, they worded it sure. in the article. I'm like, okay. Where was it at? Uh, or was it federal charges? I don't think it was federal charges. Yeah. It might – they – I don't think, think everywhere does, grove. like, yeah. special circumstances, but mm-hmm. some places do. So Casey received 25 years to life in prison, but he had avoided life without parole by pleading no contest. Um, and mm-hmm. Delishma – uh, pleaded no contest to first-degree murder. He was sentenced to 26 years to life, of which he would have to ha- serve 85% of the term before being eligible for parole. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Now, after the murder trial, Elise Paler's parents decided to sue Slayer. What? The band? Yes. Oh, my God. Why? 90s. Let's go. Oh, God. Um, this <laughs> was... These were the times that, like, this the Congress people the were getting up in front of these hearings and being like... There's metal music. Not is... even just metal music. So, Oh, and rap. Yes. Oh, there, yeah. This was the peak time where there was a lot of censorship happening. It started in the 80s right as the satanic panic was happening. Slayer was called out dozens of times by lots of people in several cases, but this was the first one that was getting taken to trial. The three boys in their, conf- in their confessions and their discussions with police called out Slayer a thousand times. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be popular like Slayer. We listened to the Slayer song and it said, you know, you should do this. They stated some very specific songs and lyrics that inspired them to commit the crime. The family then filed a lawsuit against the band in November of 1996. The family said that the band's lyrics incited the three to kill, which is also what the boys had said, and their songs gave instructions on how to torture, murder, and rape. So this is a quote from uh, Elise's father, David. Um, Quote, there's a whole generation of children out there that are being fed this music. It's like feeding a child a little poison every day. We're saying enough is enough. So uh, I thought um, maybe we should test this hypothesis and we're going to listen to some Slayer and see if it incites us okay. to kill somebody. Okay. <laughs> this is one of the specific songs that was called out by them. The album is Reign of Blood and the song is called Altar of Sacrifice. Okay. And so, and if you look at the um, the album art, there is Satan in his goat form on a throne giving his hand out. Lots of dark bishops all around. Pools of blood, you know. Metal. Oh boy. Metal Here shit. Oh, that's very loud. Oops. 
<laughs> yeah, I definitely don't feel incited to... Are you incited uh, to murder? Murder, no. Now, that song gave some instructions. Um, said, you know, put him up on the altar for the devil. Uh, death is easy. It'll come. Just just kill. So, um, I'm still a little confused on how. <laughs> the instructions are like yeah. Ikea instructions. Yeah. <laughs> Step one, empty the box. Step two, put together the desk. Right. That's your instructions. <laughs> put him on the altar and sacrifice him to Satan. But That's how? your instructions. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Okay. Now, the Palers claimed that they aren't trying to censor music, but they think that it should be kept out of the hands of minors. Uh, Slayer was always at the forefront of controversy. They kind of hinged on it more than producing actual listable music. Oops. Um, critique of metal music. <laughs> uh, their album, Reign of Blood, became controversial controversial um, for something else, which you've touched on in yours as well. Um, it references Joseph Mengele. Okay. Yeah, that and other songs on this particular oh, album bad. contributed to the band's popularity amongst neo-Nazis in the 90s. Oh. So, from my inference then, Satanism is actually fascism, is actually Nazism? Oops, all, oops, all Nazis. <laughs> oops, all Nazis. Um, yeah. Can it's you not, imagine always, that cereal? It always creeps in. It always just Does creeps it creep in? in? Or has it always been there I, I, all along? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So next time you listen to Slayer, just remember, Nazis love them. Nazi tested, Nazi approved. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to say really quick that big fan of the Satanic Temple. This does not include them. Oh, no, no, no. Satanic Temple is very different. Satanic Temple is a very different thing. The Church of Satan, also very different. Also very different thing. (laughs) Um, Both fine. Fine. Yeah. Satanic Temple, I'm a big fan of. Technically a religion. Yes. But, you know. Yeah. I just, I just feel like we should put that in there because I don't want all Satanists to get a bad rap. No. Um, but some are Nazis. Some are Nazis. <laughs> so just be aware. Which makes them not Satanists, if you think about yeah, it. It just makes them Nazis. Yeah. They're just Nazis who want to have, a, you know, a reason to kill someone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, of course, if you're remembering your history of music censorship, Tipper Gore... Mm-hmm. Big fan of censoring. Yes. Uh, came out with that stupid content warning label that started in the Satanic Panic and it ramped up in the 90s. I don't even remember. All of the, like, the labels got bigger and bigger in the mm-hmm. 90s where it was like adult advisory content warning. Yeah. Um, and you have things like I mentioned before, things that are happening like Columbine was being blamed by, you know, definitively garbage human Marilyn Manson. He is a garbage human. Yes, he is. Um, is. And then, you know, rap music was being blamed for the gun violence on both coasts when you're thinking about Biggie Tupac, all that kind of stuff. So people are just trying to incite reasons as to why all this violence is happening and not things like societal issues, which is like crazy. Right. Um, But it's the music. It could not be it. It's the video games. It's the movies. Yeah. It is still not the video games, guys. It is still not the video games. Okay, let me just posit something to you from an artist who does lots of cultural critique in their work. We hold the mirror to things that are happening already. Mm -hmm. So music, movies, video games... 
Those aren't things that are being created out of nothing. That is something that we're seeing, that we're critiquing on, that we are showing back to you that's already happening. Yeah. Also, so think about that. <laughs> also, as somebody who plays video games, it's not the fucking video games. No. And I, and yes, I do include like first person shooters and war mm-hmm. games. Like, yes, I've played all that shit. It is not the video games. It's not. They're good for your brain. I don't know if they're good for they're your really, brain necessarily all of the time. Well, not all of the time. <laughs> There's a lot of educational value, though. And and things like um, they're helpful for like ADHD. There's problem-solving aspects problem to solving, it. Problem-solving, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say maybe not good for your general health in terms of you sitting yeah. for a long period mm-hmm. of time. So maybe stand, no, take get a, a lap, stand desk. have VR. some light come into your room. That's what you um, need, Get VR. a little vitamin D. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, those are never the reasons, you know, that someone's committing crimes. There's a lot more into it. There's yeah. psychological, there's yeah. societal, cultural issues. Why did they turn to Satanism? I highly doubt it was strictly just because they wanted their band to be popular. Right. Generally, people who go into the fringes of society coming from someone who was an anarchist punk rocker yeah. in a small rural town oh girl um, i know it when you are misunderstood <laughs> yes when you come from a household of uh neglect or abuse or you don't fit into where you live or you can't make friends you go to those fringes because that's your safety net so you know what happens when you become more radical in those ideologies what yeah. happens when you you know believe it too hard things like this happen <laughs> yep now, the Slayer lawsuit was delayed a bit until 2000, but it was eventually thrown out. The judge in the case stated, quote, There's not a legal position that could be taken that would make Slayer responsible for the girl's death. Where do you draw the line? You might as well start looking through the library at every book on the shelf. Which they're doing currently. Yeah. <laughs> they just, yeah. in, what was it, Texas? Took the Diary of Anne Frank out of all libraries. Why? Too sexual, too much. Oh no! And for they 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 listed the first analyst was all of these books have too many sexual uh, connotations to them, and I'm like Diary Man Frank. But for that one specifically, um, in Texas they're doing the both sides of the issue stance. We have to teach both sides, so we have all of the sides of the poor people who are in the concentration camps. Well, what about the Nazis? Yeah. So what about they think? Are they just gonna stock their libraries with Mein Kampf? Is that the? Oh yeah. Which there are libraries that do have Mein Kampf. Which fair. Which we're supposed to. As a person who worked in a library, you have everything. It is the place of knowledge and information. What you do with that is up to you. But the onus is on you as the reader. Not the library is the institution. Dear God. So if you do read Diary of Anne Frank and Mein Kampf, that's on you to research. But we're teaching history. How Nazis were feeling isn't history. Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So. Jesus. I mean, I'm glad that the case was thrown out. But the parents were just, like, wrecked. And I get that they're trying to find a reason why their daughter was murdered. And I get that. Sure. Now, in an article in Guitar World in 1998, Araya, who was the singer and lead guitarist, I believe, of Slayer. I don't remember. I'm not a metalhead. Yeah. Um, was asked about the, the murder, and they said, quote, they're trying to blame the whole thing on us. Um, that's such bullshit. If you're going to do something stupid like that, you should get in trouble for it. Yeah, so I, agree. Like, I agree. I'm just here making fucking music. Not great music, but making music. Yeah. And... <laughs> Yeah. If you want to take it to the limit and believe it, that's your fucking dumb ass, not mine. <laughs> it's entertainment. 
Right. Now, during this time when they were doing the lawsuit, uh, the Paler family was in dire straits. Um, the parents were so emotionally distraught that they stopped going to work for a period of time, um, which led to them losing their home. Mm. Uh, it also emotionally damaged Elise's siblings. The father stated that all of them suffered from PTSD. In 2014, Elise's father was actually involved in a road rage incident. According to police, uh, Paler was cut off and followed the vehicle to a nearby parking lot, stopped, opened the door of the other driver, and pulled them out by their collar. Wow. Uh, he was arrested and fined and sentenced to anger management. When he was in front of the judge, he stated that his PTSD had led him to have massive anger issues and he couldn't deal with it anymore after the loss of his daughter. Yeah, I do not blame him. Like, So I get it. You know, there's yeah. so much rage and there's help. nowhere to put it. You got to get help. You want to know why your daughter was killed? Like, yeah. why do these things happen to people? Yeah. I get it. I understand. In 2010 and 2015... Fiorello, one of the convicted, uh, filed habeas corpus petitions. Um, so you have all of these things kind of happening at once, like mm-hmm. the Slayer thing, his, you know, the dad getting arrested. And then you also have the people who murdered your daughter trying to get out of prison. Yeah. So it's a lot. Yeah. Now, both of his petitions were denied. He stated in them that he was not of sound mind at the time of the murders. But according to the testimony of the other two involved, he was more of the ringleader in the, of the entire thing. So... Hmm. If two people say you're the ringleader and then you say you're not of sound mind. I mean, yeah, obviously you're not of sound mind. You killed somebody. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just sketchy. Yeah. Seems sketchy. There was, I mean, during their trial, there was a little bit of a tiny bit of blaming of yeah. one another. Yeah. But for oh, the I'm most sure. part, Delishmut and Royce Casey were saying that Fiorella was the one who was really. Yeah. And who? In- which one confessed? Which one was the one that originally? Uh, Royce Casey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In 2016, Delishmut had his first parole hearing, which he was also denied. <laughs> he won't get another hearing until 2024. Okay. Um, Casey, on the other hand's a little bit more interesting. Oh, he was granted a little bit more leniency. Okay. Um, remember, this is the person who confessed. So in March of 2021, Casey was granted parole by the two California Parole Board Commissioners. During the hearing, they mentioned Casey's 20 years of good behavior, his participation in rehabilitation programs, mentoring, earning his GED, studying for his bachelor's degree. He also had made plans after his release to move to L.A. and work as a substance abuse counselor. Okay. Now, the state had 120 days to review the uh, petition, and Governor Newsom on July 9th of this year reversed the decision. Really? But... In, uh, no, that was last year. In June of 2020, this year, I put the wrong date, um, it was reinstated by a court. So he was given his freedom. So they approved it. Governor Newsom said no. No. And then the court came back and said yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So I'm not sure if he has been released because the the final decision came in June, end of June of 2022. Yeah. Those things are a, a slow process. Right. Um, but there is a chance that he's out and about roaming California. Interesting. And that is the entire case of the Leaf Paler murder. And wow. How Slayer is a terrible band. <laughs> Wowie wow. Well, before yeah. you go into the woods to set up your satanic ritual. Hail Satan. <laughs> why don't you check out this podcast? Hello, this is Margot D of the Not Fade Away podcast. This is the show that talks about folks from the music world who are no longer with us. 
We're talking about singers, musicians, songwriters, composers. If they made a mark on the world of music, we will talk about them. Past and future episodes include Jim Morrison, Aaliyah, John Belushi, Kurt Cobain, Tupac, and Jerry Garcia. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts under the name Not Fade Away Podcast and follow us on all of our social media channels as well under Not Fade Away Podcast. And if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, send an email to notfadeawaypodcast at gmail.com. Hope you check us out. Thanks so much. Well, that has been our show this week. Sure has. Janelle. Yes. What do we got coming up? I mean, if you want to see us live and in the flesh, uh, we do have the Elgin French Festival coming up yes. next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we will be back at the Blue Box um, on the 10th. Yep. September 10th. <laughs> I had to think about that for a minute. September 10th at 4.30. You can get your tickets, which are $7 at elginfringefestival.com. Also, do not forget to buy your button, which I think is... The price went up on that. It used to be three. I think it's like five. Five now. Yeah. Um, but you have to have a button and a ticket in order to get into the venue. You can buy a festival pass, which will get you into all of the shows. And there's a lot of good and stuff there's there. Lots of stuff. There's lots of there's good stuff. There's uh, comedy. There's a couple of really great short plays. There is a clown burlesque dancer. <laughs> Yeah. Some there's mind freak kind of things happening. There's also art galleries. Yes. And Ghostly is performing right after us if you'd yeah, like to stay. That show fun. is for free. So you can stay in the blue box oh, really? after us. Yeah. So they nice. they never ever charge. They are the one show that's like free yeah. in the blue box. Yeah. Um, so if you watch us, you can stay for Ghostly afterwards. They do a great show. Yeah. They do a great show. Um, our particular venue does have food. So mm. you can eat and drink there while you're watching. Really Some of the coffee. other venues are no food. One of them is a martini lounge, which is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's lots of stuff to do, lots of stuff to see, lots of everything. So come say hello. Listen to us talk about murder at you. At you. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Laugh, cry, you know, all yeah. the things. <laughs> Definitely come and check it out. And I don't think we have anything. Uh, that's it. Fringe. Yeah. Um, my job is about to get real fucking busy. So we will be taking a some time off in October, which means that we won't have a whole lot going on in November. Um, yeah. Coming out, possibly, we might have, you know, maybe some pre-recorded stuff for you, but... Yeah, we're not sure yet, but I, yeah. Yeah, I would expect a month of no podcast in November. Yeah. No podcast so, November. No podcast November is perfect for us, <laughs> which is technically no podcast October yes, for us. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a good good reminder. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, you can find more episodes just like this at badtastepodcast.com. Yeah, if you can't live without us during that entire month, just go back mm-hmm. and listen. It's true. I'm sure you got a back catalog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you can also find links to our merch and to our Patreon page there. Uh, so check all that out. I think that's it. We podcasted. But we, we, did the, <laughs> we did the podcast. Our sound and editing is by Tiff Fullman. Our music is by Jason Zashevsky, the Enigma. <laughs> Let's gotta get some of those other buttons in there. Oh, where's your other buttons? Vicky? I have other buttons. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I need to. I need to use them more often. Right? This is this a here. I got a good opportunity. All right, let's do it. This has been the Bad Taste Crime Podcast. We will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Round of applause. <laughs> yeah, except it's really long. Yeah. Standing ovation. Oh, Woo-hoo. no, it's over. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
as if a wave of evil washed over this town. We are all evil in some form or another. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 